Okay, welcome back to another episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. My name's Sina, and I love following the journeys of other young entrepreneurs. And in this episode, I spoke to Brendan Coates, a gut and well-being expert. Now, you must be thinking, gut and well-being, that's not really entrepreneurship. Well, in actual fact, Brendan has built a business around his passion, and he's generated tens of thousands of dollars for each course that he creates around health and well-being. And so we talk about how Brendan originally got into health and wellness. And believe me, you'll never guess the origin. But as a hint, the story actually took place in a strip club of all places. Yeah. (laughs) So you have to stay tuned for that. How also he created the programs and courses, helping people making tens of thousands of dollars in passive income. And also, of course, the steps you can take to do the exact same um, like Brendan's done. And he outlines all of those really, really well. It's a really cool episode and I really hope that you enjoy. And I want to give a shout out, but this episode is already pretty long. So we're going to skip that and just do it next week. So yeah, without further ado, let's get on with the episode. Okay. Hey, Brendan, how you doing? I'm really good, Mr. Cena. Really, really good. Thanks for having me. No, my absolute pleasure. And you're the second Canadian to have uh, to, to be on the podcast. So the first one, obviously, Ben, who like I guess you, you're like pretty good friends with, right? Yeah. Um... He is someone that I was um, introduced to on YouTube, just trying to figure out my own troubleshooting uh, video editing and posting problems. And um, I just started randomly uh, seeing him. I liked what he had to say. I loved his energy. And then uh, I decided to obviously hit the like button. And then I was persuaded enough to hit the subscribe button because I knew that he was delivering a lot of good value. And that has turned into a really phenomenal personal relationship or sorry, personal and professional relationship. Yeah. Yeah. No, Ben, obviously he was on the podcast before episode number. Oh, it's going to test my memory. Episode number, I think 34 right. around there. If, if anyone wants to check it out, obviously put that one in the link below, like description, uh, because it probably isn't number 34. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it was a great episode. So many people found so much value from Ben and, um, yeah, I ended up doing a, an Instagram live with him the, the following like couple weeks after that. And yeah, it's just there's so much value. And I owe a lot of my podcast to him as well, because you know, he does a lot of content on how to create a podcast and all of that stuff. So yeah, the same way as you, I found him on YouTube and inspired me to do what I love basically, which is really cool. Yeah, that's great. It's amazing, right? You never know what type of relationships and the things that you can learn. We're so bombarded in a sea of so many different expert opinions in so many different channels, right? But if you find someone that you can really stick with and, and Ben is definitely one of those types of, of persons that uh, give a lot of value and people will benefit from from a lot of his uh, content and teachings. I know that I have. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, me too, me too. So I guess focus on you because we did a whole we did a whole episode with yeah. Ben anyway. So focusing more on you, I guess like there's so many things that I mean we were chatting before we hit record. There's so many things that that you've done. Like I'd I'd, I'd love to focus on, but we just don't have time for for it in a podcast. Like. I guess <laughs> just for a bit of background to everyone, like why don't you just like list those things off? Like basically what you told me before we hit record. <laughs> it's a lot. It can even seem somewhat fictitious almost, but I assure you, I assure you they are all true. So I do come from a very entrepreneurial background. It is in my DNA from multiple generations prior to me. Um, I 
it's funny in, in high school, I opened up a kind of like a fake, uh, account with a supplement supplier from the States. And again, for the viewer or listeners, I'm from Canada and I was supplying, or I was selling this brand new type of creatine out of my locker just so I could, you know, develop my own sales and buy my own protein and supplements. So I was doing that right from an early age. Um, and then I started a hockey school very successful hockey school. In fact, I, I taught it for 10 years, my complete, you know, my own name, my own jerseys. And that came from my frustration from other schools around. They just weren't good enough. So I created my own hockey school that turned into a, a huge, huge, you know, moneymaker for someone from the age of 15 years old, all the way to almost 24. And, um, then I owned, or I, sorry, I managed a sports store with my parents. They owned it. We did that for almost 10 years. And during that time, I also started my own clothing line. That was really cool. And then um, the main one that I was, well, very proud of is I sold all my assets. I cashed in all my RSPs and all my index funds. And I moved to, to Jamaica to start my own party boat company. And I did that just on a dream, like on, on a vision. And I did that for a full season. And then uh, following that, I kind of got bought out, almost like a, an offer that I couldn't refuse. So then I moved to the Cayman Islands and I did that for a large scale beach club facility where I was in charge of all the events, all the boat cruises, uh, a lot of the excursions. So I was in daily communications with you know companies like Royal Caribbean, Norwegian, all the big cruise lines. And then uh, following that, I moved back. I was kind of like, okay, time to time to pivot. And then that's where I moved back and started to do schooling where I am still in schooling and I'm working on my doctorate's degree right now in clinical nutrition. So lots of stuff. Yeah, lots of stuff. And that that last bit that you, that you mentioned, obviously I'd love to talk about the party boats yeah. uh, company. Like there must be so many cool stories from that. I guess before we go into the sort of like next segment of the, of the podcast, like you got any cool stories from the party boat session? Honestly, it was <laughs> insane. Uh, I met the, actually I booked the owner of Manchester United when I was in Cayman Islands for an event. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> His yacht was huge, like helicopter pad, multiple like areas where different boats could actually go in and out of the yacht. So you got to, if you can envision this beach club facility, we had like a, it was like a big hut and it was the most beautiful location in Cayman Islands. It was called Tiki Beach. It's not there anymore. And it was on Seven Mile Beach. And basically, we were a destiny or a destination for all different sorts of big conglomerate buyers. Oh, I booked the Black Eyed, Pe Black Eyed Peas there for a private party. See, like, these are random things for me, but I just, you remember it when, I, when you do them. So I would book all sorts of different celebrities and, and parties. Um, the amount of money that's spent on big pharma companies, you know, rewarding their doctors and top salespeople is just crazy. So I saw all of that when I was in Cayman Islands and Jamaica was great. I talk about firsthand experiencing racism on the other spectrum, me being Caucasian, moving to Jamaica, being, you know, that token white guy in a very black community. It was amazing. I learned Patois. I had to get my own Jamaican driver's license, paid for that under the table. I just literally bought it. <laughs> that was pretty cool. And um, I, you know, what I learned, actually one of my biggest takeaways living and working in Jamaica is I learned how to follow up because if I didn't follow up with people, um, 
things would be forgotten, you know, regardless of like whatever the task may be. I they people always forgot, and you know, it's a stereotype to say Jamaica time, but no, not really. It it is true, and I can say that. So I learned following up was so so important, and now I'm sure you've heard that right? the fortune is in the follow up, and I can definitely attest to that. Well, I don't know if we should spend time focusing on this because there's, there's quite a few interesting things that you said there. Like one being the racism experience from the other side. Like, I guess, like, what do you mean by that? Racism. So I can't, I'm not going to go too, too deep, but me being a white guy, not speaking Patois or just being, you know, that a, a typical tourist, that's the perception that people thought that that's who I was until I proved myself that I wasn't a stupid tourist, right? I was a business person. And how did I do that? I had to buy my Jamaican driver's license. And for anyone that has ever wanted to get a Jamaican driver's license, they're going to fail you the first time, no matter what, because it's a moneymaker, right? It's a moneymaker for the department of um, traffic or whatever it is. So I learned that by doing my research, talking to people, getting engulfed in society and i learned that it's better off to just pay someone under the table to get your driver's license so <laughs> i went to the ministry of transport yeah that's what it's called and i just kind of made eye contact with one of the lady with one of the girls behind one of the desks and you know you when you learn about these types of skills it's sort of like an intuitive factor and then i finally went up and i said so i need a driver's license and she's like yeah and then i just kind of hinted I want a driver's license and I want it now. <laughs> so it's, it was hilarious. I had to, I, I made another appointment and I came back the following day and then I went into a back office. She, I, I gave her my pictures and then, um, I gave her the money. I think I paid like maybe 200 bucks us for it. And then I was just sitting in this room with this ratty old air conditioner and like milk crates and, books and random files and then like half an hour later she came back with a laminated driver's license <laughs> <laughs> and you were good to go and i was good to go <laughs> and i came with respect and humility and i tried to you know be someone with, with with respect and that's what and that's how i got the driver's license otherwise i wouldn't have gotten it all right i think i think we have to focus on what we actually okay. want to focus on because like otherwise we get too distracted because you've got some really cool stories so like there's something you mentioned in in your answer, like to you know a few minutes ago on health yeah. and wellness, and that's that's like that's what you're in right now. And there's a few things like I'd love to unpack with the health and wellness journey that you're on right now. And I guess firstly, I suppose like where did the passion start? You're gonna love this. Are you ready? When I moved back, when I moved back from Cayman, I needed money, so I started to, or I went to uh, a strip club and I started to become a male stripper an exotic dancer wait is this is this in answering my question it will or are you answering a different question it, it will <laughs> you're gonna love this at one time a lady came up to me and she asked me to, to go on the vip and do a lap dance but she didn't want me to dance she wanted me to teach her about how to lose weight and i said okay i can do that so we went in the back room 20 minutes later of just me spilling out all the information as much as I could to help her lose weight, you know, nutritional strategies, exercise, supplementation, diet, so forth. Afterwards, she gave me a hundred dollar bill. And I thought to myself, I'm like, okay, this is it. This is, I know I can do this. This is my passion. 
it was almost then and there, one of my mentors told me, he's like, you got to go back to school if this is what you want to do. So that's what I did. I enrolled myself in, uh, where I'd already had my bachelor's, but then I enrolled myself in a diploma program, got that in clinical nutrition, holistic nutrition. And then I just started to expand and learn and put myself in self-learning and read, 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 read. And now I'm just wrapping up my master's right now. And I'll be getting my doctorate's degree after that. So nutrition, yeah, is definitely my passion. And that's, that's oddly enough how it started. And I can happily say that I've been, I paid for a lot of my schooling f- from being a dancer, oddly enough. That's quite funny as well. That's where the passion began. Like, I suppose when she paid you that $100 bill, is that when you kind of realize like, okay, I can actually make money through nutrition. Like that, that is, that is somewhere I can go. Absolutely. Absolutely. To, to the extent that I started creating my own challenges online and uh, it originally started as a 90 day challenge and it was good. I was seeing a lot of success with that. I would, I would tie in, I would, you know, buy supplements at wholesale add them into the program. So not only would I make money with the enrollment, I would sell supplements and that way I I could kind of provide better value. And I was, you know, seeing better results with individuals and, um, with every program, I would give them like a, a booklet, like a PDF, just to teach them how to develop good habits, break old habits, just some success strategies that they could implement. So I could give them more value. Um, I realized that 90 days was a long time. It's a long time for a lot of people to commit to anything, right? So then I condensed it into a 30-day challenge. And I did that many, many, many times over, over the course of a few years. And that, again, was a huge moneymaker for me. I impacted hundreds of lives. So you created and this it, as, a, as a course online? Is that what you did? Yeah. So it was, a, it was an online like coaching program. So they would sign up. They would start, let's say, on the first day of the month. I would be their coach. I would give them, you know, a calendar to follow, nutritional strategies, a meal plan, exercise plan. And then in addition to that, I would give them a booklet. And every time I did that 30-day challenge, that booklet kind of expanded and it grew and I would add more and more value. And that's how it actually turned into me writing my book, 30-Day Challenge to a Healthier, Happier, Stronger You because the PDF got so, so big. And I knew, I was like, I got to write, I got to turn this into a book. So while I was still doing these online 30-day challenges, I would accumulate more and more information, more findings, more evidence, you know, what I was doing, you know, the people were seeing successes and what they weren't. And I would just turn that into a book. And now, you know, I'm looking at my book now. It's been almost three years now, I think, over a thousand copies sold. And I no longer do that 30 day challenge because, you know, we all graduate from our businesses and things that we do and I'm doing other things, but now I've got my book. So anytime someone wants to do the 30 day challenge, I just direct them to Amazon and they buy their book. And then obviously if they want more, then they can sign up for more uh, high ticket um, coaching through me. Okay. So I just like, so you went from... I guess stripping or like dancing <laughs> to like creating these courses or programs you call them. Mm-hmm. So I guess 
why why did you decide to do to go forward to actual like programs or courses like there's so many different ways to i guess monetize or make a living through you know health and well-being or fitness or you know anything around that area right why was it that courses or programs attracted you well i'm very money driven and um you know we're going to talk about money a little while through throughout this conversation it's a it's a big key piece right so many people are so anti talking about money but no i'm driven about money and for the listeners, whether whether you own a business, if you're in a private practice, let's say massage, chiropractor, uh, maybe you're a consultant and you've got a client and you're doing, let's say, their marketing or their business strategies, you can only do so much. You only have so many hours in the day. So you've got two options. One, you can take on as many clients as you can, but again, how many can you, you're still limited. B you can charge more and more and more money for those individual clients, but you're still limited. You can only take on so much and you can only charge so much where C it's this whole gray scale is create programs and courses. And then you can scale that and then you can have as many people as you want to enroll all while still kind of working with clients on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So that's where once I've figured that out, then I was like, okay, this is game over. This is what I want to do. But how did I even figure that out? I enrolled myself in all different types of courses, online courses. Ty Lopez, I'm sure you know who that is. Do you know who Ty Lopez is? Oh, yeah. YouTube ads yeah, all the time. So, Him and his garage. Yeah, here in the garage. That's right. I, I did not fall victim to his clever marketing. However, I've bought some of his programs. And... When I, so this is, this is such a strategy that I want your listeners to do. If you see an advertisement that you like, click on it and then learn the sales structure, learn the vocabulary, learn the back end, learn their sales funnel. And if you really like it, enroll. And then if you, and then, you know, learn what the content is, but at the same time, learn their format learn if it's in video modules or if they're like pdfs whatever the whatever the case may be so while i continue to enroll myself in various kind of like you know let's just call them rinky dink courses and certification programs and so forth i was learning on the back end of what these people were doing so then i could implement that in my private practice and then in my courses so that's how you scale and um yeah, like that's that's the best way to scale. So it's very money driven because you can actually decrease the price of, let's say, your coaching, turn that into a program and sell it to the masses. You can even put money behind it in advertising and attract clients from all over the world. And once that program is done, it's a matter of clicking the send button, send, 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 and then you're cashing in on that. Yeah, it's literally as scalable as as things come because like you're literally not limited by anything. And I think it is so attractive to a lot of people. So I suppose like you went down the road of fitness, making courses and programs around, around fitness, but you could literally make a course about anything. Like there's so many niches and there's so many places that there's so many places that people look for knowledge. Like you could make a course or program about literally anything. anything. You're absolutely right. And there already are right? There are so many self-proclaimed gurus out there that claim to be the expert on this and that and whatever the subject matter is. But the truth of the matter is there are some experts out there and you just got to find the right one. And if you feel as though you are the absolute expert 
on, let's say, um, putting logos on, let's say, marketing pieces like, you know, pens and water bottles and so forth. If you think you're the best at that, then you can easily create a course on teaching other business people how to do that all while monetizing that business and, you know, doing the business at the same time. Does that, does that make sense? But I guess for like a big question towards you, especially like in the industry that you're in, like with fitness, well-being, that the competition is so strong. Like so there's strong. so many people in this yep. space. And it is. So I suppose like. It's so watered down. I mean. It's so saturated. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So I guess for you, like how would you, or for anyone listening, in fact, like whatever niche that they go into, how would they differentiate themselves? No, that's a great question. I think one of the biggest pieces of advice that I can give anyone is don't get overly consumed and overwhelmed by the competition because I don't know what the pop the rate of population is, but there's billions and billions of people out there. So you're going to attract your audience regardless. And there's so many influencers out of there, but there's just so much opportunity. Like there really is no worry for running out of customers um, as I have started to really expand and grow my business, I have finally found that creating tunnel vision and, ha and, and narrowing in on your niche, it's much, much easier to monetize and scale and develop your niche business rather than, you know, being sort of an expert or trying to attract w a wide spectrum of an audience or, you know, prospects or clients. So yeah, definitely just whatever your niche is, hone in on that and the clients will come. And then also, if you hone in on a specific audience or a spe specific niche, then you'll develop niches within the niche where you can expand as well. So don't get concerned or caught up with the marketplace and the competition. Just be authentic, whatever your passion is, and just expand on that. And there will be an infinite amount of uh, of audience. And let's say it's not infinite. Let's say, let's say you love to uh, to grow and you know cultivate worms, fishing worms, for example. You might think that there's not an audience for that. <laughs> as niche as niche as it comes, that one. Right, but at the same time, there's a huge niche, and there's hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions, that actually want to buy fish worms right so it's there's a niche for everything there really is yeah i mean that's i think that's great advice like find your niche and then find a niche within the niche like to to get even more sort of um i guess differentiated from everyone and that happens organically it really does it's so cool hearing about Brendan's story, about how he originated from actually, you know, learning his passion in a strip club and then making a course around it. It's really, really humbling and really cool. And so I wanted to hone down further as to, you know, what he felt differentiated himself and how he actually did it because there are so many courses dedicated to health, well-being, fitness, like it's such a saturated market. And so, yeah, I really wanted to ask him around what he felt differentiated himself. Through nutrition, and I hate the word nutritionist because I'm so much more than that. I'm actually a clinical nutritionist and my specialty is gut health. I love gut health and digestion and the digestive process. And my method is functional medicine. And um, I am a gut 
expert. In fact, um, I was recently titled the gut whisperer from a fellow friend, author, role, mo- role model, and mentor, Bedros Koulian. He wrote the book, Man Up. So that's a great book for all your audience. Great guy to follow too. And with one of the coaching calls I had with him, we were talking, talking about strategy. And then he's like, you know what? You're the gut whisperer. That's you. And that's what you should focus on. And once I had that clarity, it was it's just been like light years of movement forward with so much clarity and direction and purpose. It's just so much easier. So, and trust me, um, before that, I was really, really struggling in terms of my own identity online and trying to figure out what I should be doing and who I should be marketing it towards. And once I found that sort of singularity and I'm, listen, I was reading your blog and I, and I think you know what singularity is. And I, I like the, the fact that you're really about uh, AI and stuff like that, but that's a whole different conversation on its own. <laughs> we don't have enough time to talk about AI in this one. <laughs> no, but yeah, once you have that singularity, then it's so much easier. So for my, you know, what I do is I, yeah, I focus on gut health. And in that, I'm able to find and generate all different types of clients, but it's, I always focus on that one thing, gut health, gut health, gut health. To give, to give people, I guess, because it's all well and good, like just exploring a niche and then kind of going further down into a niche, like, like gut health. I guess a lot of people, even though you did express like numbers being there, I guess like how much would you, did you charge, I guess, at the beginning uh, and like how many clients would you get at first? To, I mean, com- and also, I guess, compared to now, just to show, just to illustrate the point. Absolutely. When I first started, um, kind of like an entry baseline fee for a consultation was $80. And that would consist of a lot of homework on the back end. So that would be you know, sub- submitting to the client some assessment forms to fill out. They would fill them back out to me. I would then read them, some uh, review them, take tons and tons of notes and try to figure out all the different types of underlying conditions and issues and so forth. And then once all of that was summarized, I would put together a booklet and then I would actually have that consultation with them, whether it was online or on the phone. And that would generally last from an hour to hour and a half or so. And I would provide them with supplements again, based on any type of imbalances that they presented or what have you, or the type of protocol and approach that we were going to have afterwards. So, you know, you charge $80 and then maybe you make, um, or you sell maybe $200 or $300 worth of supplements, but all that's not profit, right? You're looking at margins. So you're probably netting maybe 150, 160 bucks per person. So in the startup, you'd try to have as many clients as you could, but it's a lot of work on the back end. But yeah, it's it's not a lot of work. It's not it's not a lot of money for the amount of work. But you got to pay your dues, right? You've got to you've got to get good. So now, um, I charge three hundred dollars an hour, and I don't even charge. Well, I was talking about I was talking about the courses specifically, like the programs. Yeah. So the so the thirty day challenge. I would uh, I originally started that I think at ninety five dollars. And once that program is done, like you're, there's, it's all profit other than your time. So you, you, yeah, you create, you know, a private Facebook group and all the, all the, the participants can, you know, 
communicate and go back and forth and see what other people are doing in that group. And that's just your time. So you maybe host a couple Zoom calls or training calls, Facebook Lives or whatnot. But that's all profit. Again, once all that content has been created. And as you get better, and as you learn to add even more and more value, and that's the thing, honestly, for all the listeners, you got to add more value and add more value and add so much value that they can't say no. It's just like, it's an offer they can't refuse. So when you do that, you're captivating so much more of a wider spectrum of an, of a potential, uh, you know, market, right? There's just so many more people that would, that are going to be attracted because you're adding so much value to the point where now, um, you know, my cheapest program is $495. And when people do that, they love it. You became a bigger expert in your, in, in the field. Absolutely. It, and it, it takes time. You've got to, 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 to forge your craft. You've got to get good. And, and you do that by really doing these programs over and over and over again. And that's how you, you know, you, um, you get testimonials, you get evidence and you can market yourself accordingly. And then you can market yourself as an expert. And then when you do market yourself as an expert, hopefully you can back it up. And if you can, then the world is your oyster, right? And then that is where you scale. But at the same time, that's where you can extract from those groups of people. That's where you can extract a high paying person for, let's say, one-on-one -on -one coaching. And that's where you can have someone paying you a thousand, fifteen, two, two thousand, five thousand, even ten thousand dollars for your coaching services. And that's where the scalability comes. But it all starts from in my case, from tiny little 30-day, you know, blitz programs and so forth. But Brendan, like a big sort of, I mean, I've had this about the podcast, like people come to me and like, should I create a podcast? Like, will anyone actually listen? Like, and that's like pretty much one of the biggest questions when it comes to podcasting. So I guess a lot of people as well, it's the same with courses or programs. Like people would love to make it because it is very, you know, financially attractive because, you know, you put a lot of work up front and then from there, it's just pure profit. But I guess a big hesitation is, is will anyone actually sign up? It depends on what the program is, right? So let's 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 go let's go back to the to the worm analogy. Who you know for the fishing worms? If you were to cultivate a course on how to have the best, you know, biggest, fattest, juiciest, most fish attracting worms, do you think there would be a market for it? Maybe not in the city. But if you have a, you know, kind of a boathouse in the Kawarthas or something like that, or cottage country, there's going to be a huge market for that. And maybe you just create a course for these, for some teenagers to start that business so they can create that as a summer side hustle. There's always opportunity, right? So to answer your question, will someone enroll? Yeah, you're always going to, going to attract a potential customer. It doesn't matter what the program is. It doesn't matter. We live in the era or yeah, of complete knowledge right now. Like there's just so much information, but it's what you do with it and how you categorize it. I don't even know the word. It's how you categorize it and how you, um, you know, really market it and package it. I wanted to ask you one last thing before, I mean, like for the last sort of like three minutes, I guess. I really want to speak to you about your book and because we spoke before about how like you, you really help a lot of young writers that, that really want to write books. And it's something that 
I, I heard so much about where a lot of young people would, would love to write a book. It's a big ambition. It's something that's on the bucket list for a lot of people. But I guess like sure. at the same time, it seems very unattainable for a lot of people as well. Like there are a lot of books out there, yes, but will anyone actually, you know, publish my writing and, and stuff like that? So like firstly, explain what your book is. And secondly, what would you say to those people? Firstly, I, I tried to self-publish and I was on the verge of doing it. I just wasn't happy with the printing process and I just wasn't happy with the presentation. It was it was too generic, right? It just wasn't enough. So I took some time to do some research with some publishers. I made a short list of five. I interviewed all of the publishers, spoke to them all on, on the phone. And I picked the one that I resonated with the most. And I felt that she was able to um, really capture my essence. And she was able to portray that in the book. So it was good. Um, you know, back in the day, even 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, it was a lot harder to find a publisher that would even take you on as a new author. But now it's uh it's such a competitive market so for the for the audience trust me you can find a publisher that'll take you on so that's the first po first part what is my book about again it's that condensed 30-day challenge basically talking about healthy habits how you can incorporate uh, things into your lifestyle to get healthier happier how to break old habits basically a lot of methodologies and just little tidbits of information on how to make you know a new way of life a lot easier because we all know that it takes 30 days to break a habit it takes 60 days to form a new one sometimes some people would argue it's a little bit different but if you've got tools and if you understand why then it's a lot easier to make those decisions so that's what the book is about for the publishing side i guess you you, you talked about publishers and interviewing them i guess the perception for me where well, i've never i haven't explored this too much i thought the publishers interviewed yeah. you i thought it was the other way around no it's so yeah they might but so i'm the customer i'm the one that's going to pay them right sure they're going to do they're going to publish my book but no, if it's not a fit, then it's not a fit. It's the same thing with dating a guy or a girl, for that example. You should be interviewing them. Figure out what figure out what they offer, right? So I interviewed them, and I wanted to see what they were going to offer me. I wanted to see <clears throat> if they were going to do the right job, if they were going to present me the way that I wanted my book to be presented. And then I found the winner. And then it was really, really cool, the whole process. It, um, it's not as daunting as it is. So do they do they write it on behalf of you or do you write it yourself and then you submit it and they, they basically publish it and release it? Sure. Good question. You can get a, it's called a ghostwriter where you can, you know, hire someone to write it for you or you can give someone, let's say, um, some key points or some, you know, the main bulk of it and then they can expand and they can write on it. It depends on, it really depends on what you want. I gave my publisher basically a finished copy of my book. So I gave her the I gave her the the manuscript. I paid for her editing services. So there was, you know, an initial investment of paying for her editing and, you know, note taking and and so forth. She submitted it back to me with the changes. I made the changes accordingly. We had a couple phone calls going back and forth making some changes. I submitted the the you know, the final or the finished copy again. There was a few more edits. And then we went to formatting in terms of page layout, 
uh, imagery, charts, and so forth. Then we had to go through copywriting and make sure that I wasn't copying anyone's words or anything like that. And then uh, it goes on to cover design and back cover design. And then there's something called, uh, you know, the the author's notes. And I think t- just even timeline with all that said and done, it was maybe three, four months, pretty quick. And then they obviously will sell it for me on Amazon and then you get printing and that's another expense, but uh, it was very painless. And for all of you aspiring authors out there, I highly recommend you write a book. You may not make, let's say a million dollars. You may not become a millionaire from the book sales, but that is your new business card. And when someone asks you any information, you say, I have a book, it's available on Amazon. I've got this many reviews or whatnot. And once you say that, you become an expert and you become part of the one percentile and you become a marketing piece. You become an an authority. And when you write a book, there's not a lot of people that have. So it's really, really powerful. And you use that as a tool for other opportunities, speaking engagements, consulting and so forth. That's a really powerful note. Another reason why I wrote my book is because I wanted it to be a symbol for people, for all readers. If I can do it, you can do it. So that's, that's, that's a big, a big thing. Cause it's almost like a rite of passage. Everyone should really write a book. Yeah. I really love that message. And that, that's a really powerful note that, I, that I'd love to end on. Brendan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was such a pleasure having you on. Like I, I didn't imagine that this whole journey into the whole fitness world started from you being, being a dancer. Like I, I had no idea that I was, that was the Who journey. Yeah. Thought, eh? yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> but you know what? People find their passions in, in weird places and like, it's just, yeah, it's, it's the way life works. I want you to, I want you to, and you got to say that one more time. Where do people find their passions? In every, like weird places, it's just anywhere. It could be anywhere. Absolutely. Yeah. You just got to be open. Exactly. So Brendan, how could people stay in touch with you and whatever you're doing, all your endeavors moving forward? Yeah. Easiest thing would be on uh, social media, on Instagram, Brendan M.A. Coates, B-R-E-N-D-A-N-M-A Coates. And my website, it's a little dated, but you get the gist of it. It's www.bodiesbybrendan.com. I've got a YouTube channel, Bodies by Brendan. And, um, yeah, that's the easiest. Instagram is always the best because that way you can kind of do your own screening on, you know, what someone looks like and what their business looks like. So, well, thank you so much for for coming on the podcast again, Brendan. And um, I hope everyone found this really useful. So I'll see you soon. Thanks for coming on again. Yeah, I actually really want to, one quick little, uh, you know, shameless plug. It's totally off topic, but all of these years of being mentored and so forth, um, finance, and we were talking about it earlier, money is a big important thing for me. So I'm actually hosting a course on March the 1st discussing finance, cryptocurrencies, the state of money, the US dollar, how to save properly, how to get out of debt. So for anyone that might be interested, I'm going to be hosting that on March the 1st too because it's uh, it's a passion of mine because everyone should be abundantly wealthy. So, All right, cool. Thanks again for coming on, Brendan, and I'll see you soon. Really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. Thank you so much for staying to the very end. It really, really means a lot. If you enjoyed, please be sure to leave a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts because it helps me out so, so much. You have no idea. And as a thank you, I'll give you a shout out in the next episode. I know we didn't have time for it this episode, but you have my word and a promise that I will give you a shout out in the next episode for sure. So 
Also share with your friends and follow us on Instagram. That's where the new episodes get announced and the previews, all of that good stuff. And yeah, that's it for me. I'll see you in the next episode.